Welcome to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Brought to you by LakeLink, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. Outdoors Radio is also brought to you by the Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association. 60 square miles of fun on the water. CastleRock-Petenwell.com. And by Huntworth Gear, high-tech camo wear at a price you can afford. HuntworthGear.com. I'm Dan Small. Today we'll look at this year's Rough Grouse Society's Grouse Camp coming to Eagle River in September. Huntworth Pro Staffer Bernie Berenger offers tips for bow hunting on public land, and we'll learn about summer fun in Wisconsin's Florence County. All that and more coming up on Outdoors Radio, so stay right there. It's time now for Madison Outdoors, brought to you by Pappas Trading Post, their southern Wisconsin's largest Matthews and Mission archery retailer, located just west of Arena at the intersection of Highways 14 and County Highway H. And you can also find them online at PappasTradingPost.com. You hear this feature every week on WTSO, the Big 1070, at this time, and anytime on our podcast at Lakelink or iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. And joining us once again from DNS Bait Tackle and Fly Shop on Northport Drive in Madison is Pat Hasberg. His website is DSBait.com, and he's also on Facebook at DNSBait. And he posts a fishing report every Friday on both the Facebook and the website. Well, Pat, thanks for joining us, and welcome back. Hey, Dan, always a pleasure. Happy to be here. Yeah, so I listened to your fishing report. There's a lot going on on the chain and in the area, isn't there? There is. Uh, the perch bite out here is uh, really, really picking up here on Lake Mendota. Uh, the gills are snapping on Lake Monona, and walleyes and bass and pike and muskies and everything else is picking up, too, around the chain. Yeah, well, let's take them one at a time. How about Mendota now? The perch, are they out in deep water now? I guess it depends on what your definition of deep is, but generally they're finding fish anywhere from the weed line and then out to 20 to 22 feet right now. And I've even heard a couple reports of fish out in 25 feet. So, yeah, they're moving out a little bit deeper with this warmer weather we've been having. But you don't find them out in the 60, 70-foot depths like you do in the winter, right? No, no. In the wintertime, they're out in that deep, deep water. This time of year, they start a little shallower in the weeds and then move out to the weed line once that's defined. And then now they're they're pushing out a little bit further out from the weed line. Like I said, in that 20 to 22 feet has been where a lot of folks have been finding fish. Okay. And what are people catching them on? Mostly red worms, but also uh, spikes are a pretty safe bet with a little like ice fishing jig and a plastic tipped with a spike is good. But otherwise, a jig with a red worm has been working really well. This year has been a odd year for helgramites, which are really usually the really hot bait for those fish, but uh, nobody's been able to find helgramites, so, uh, but red worms seem to be working just fine. And the perch aren't complaining? No, no, and, uh, well, not complaining until they get up in the boat. Yeah, <laughs> and they go, what did I, I didn't, uh, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> okay, <right. laughs> well, and bluegills, I understand there's some bluegills showing up on Mendota as well. There are. Mendota's always been known for its trophy bluegills, yeah. uh, and but those fish tend to typically be a little f- f- farther and fewer uh, between than you know people might like. But the last couple, or this this year, uh, I've been hearing a lot of reports about some a couple good year classes with some bluegills in there, and a lot of the old timers tell me that they haven't seen numbers of bluegills in Mendota like this for 20 years. So I think uh, we might be on the cusp of some really great panfish action between the perch and the bluegill numbers on Mendota. Oh, good. How about smallmouths? I understand they're doing pretty well as well. Smallmouths have always been great on Mendota, and it continues to be that way. The smallmouths are typically in the rocks and on breaks right now, but they're also out in the mid-lake humps, mixed right in with the walleyes who are out there and in their summer areas is where walleyes like to hang out in those mid-lake humps. So it's been great for all those species. A lot of walleyes in Mendota, too, right now. Uh-huh. Okay. How about Monona? Monona, it continues to be the bluegill factory that it's been for many, many years. Uh, a lot of those fish now have moved off the weeds and are being found out over deep water. So even, you know, anywhere from 30 to 60 feet of water, 70 feet of water, but they're all about 15 to 20 feet down. So a popular way to catch those fish is to just drift along in a, in, over that deep water and let your line hang off the side of the boat, and you'll, 
essentially run into fish. Yeah, um, and light tackle, a little spinner or a jig with a worm or something? That's right. My favorite rig is to just put an ice, ice fishing jig on and then maybe like a quarter ounce lead sinker on there to, to kind of keep your line down a little bit, but just trailing a, a little ice fishing jig with a spike on and those fish will come up and smash it. And and, and the, the size on the Mendota fish or Monona fish has been uh, increasing too. I've, I've heard about a few 10 inchers coming out of there. And typically Monona's been, uh, the fish have been on a, a little bit on the smaller side, but they, they seem to be getting bigger this year. Oh, neat. And I understand there's some muskie action as well? Yeah, on the south end of the lake mostly is where a lot of that action's been coming from. Nice to see the muskie action picking up because it was a slow start this spring. So it's nice to see that uh, coming around. And how about Wabisa? Uh, Wabisa continues to be a great mixed bag for a lot of species. Uh, Largemouth bass, uh, good populations down there. Uh, muskies, the perch and the gills have been uh, in those same areas as, as you find them on Monona. Wabisa isn't as deep as Monona, so you're not finding them out over too much deep water, but uh, weed lines have been very productive for both perch and bluegills. Okay. Kiganza? Kiganza's been a little quiet from what I've heard. Uh, it started off with some really great bluegill populations and some really good size coming out of there. A lot of 10 and even up to 11-inch fish I was hearing about coming off Kiganza early, but that's been a little quiet as of late, at least here in the shops. But, of course, that's we're on the north end of the chain, and that one's on the south end of the chain. So maybe it's just the fact that a lot of folks, you know, that fish Kiganza don't come in here all that often. It's still a great lake for panfish and then uh, walleyes, too. Uh, some great opportunities for walleyes trolling. I've been hearing about some walleyes coming off this area of the lake, uh, Kiganza State Park over there. Yeah, and people who do well on Kiganza historically have been quiet about it. I, I don't know if that's just a, a something in the water down there or what. But well, yeah, locals like to keep things quiet if if, if they're onto a hot bite. In, in my experience, fishing Kiganza, it's been a tough nut to crack. You got to put your time in down there, but the people that do put their time in are rewarded with fish. So just keep trying, and I, I think you'll find fish. Uh, I understand there have been some walleyes caught out of Kashkinong, which is usually a good lake for walleyes. That's right. Yeah, I've heard about some great trolling action down there. And a lot of the walleyes that I've been hearing about anyway have been on the short side of things, but also some great action, though, some great numbers, and a great mixed bag of fish, too. Uh, white bass and sheep's head and perch and even some crappies chasing down flicker shads and, and crawler harnesses that folks are trolling down there. And that's just a big bowl, uh, in my experience anyway. There's not a lot of structure or not a lot of weeds. You just troll around until you hit fish, I guess, right? That's right. That's pretty much the name of the game. At the end of the lake where the Rock River comes in there is a little more productive than the other end, but they do find fish all over that lake. Okay. And the Wisconsin River's been producing walleyes, you said. That's right. Yeah, they've uh, a lot of good fish coming out of... Uh, the river itself, I, I just, Harley, a guy that uh, works here for me, uh, was just up on the river last night at the Prairie du Sac Dam, and I got into some really nice walleyes, a few in the 23, 24-inch range. They've been getting good fish trolling on Lake Wisconsin. The Pettenwell and Castle Rock Dams are always great producers of a nice mixed bag of fish, but some walleyes up there. And then on the lake proper, on both those lakes proper, they've been finding them jigging typically in the mornings and evenings, but then trolling midday has also been productive for those fish. Okay, and how about trout fishing? The streams have been low. We've got some rain the last week or so. I don't know if that made much of an impact. I'm not sure what condition the streams are in today. We did just get to have some storms move through a few days ago, so they're bound to be a little murky right now, but I would imagine by the weekend things will be nice and cleared up and this time of year, it's a terrestrial game, uh, but uh, so you're talking about beetles, crickets, ants are all pretty safe bets, but uh, also the hopper fishing, for so grasshopper patterns, uh, that's really been picking up. Right now, I'd, I'd focus more on smaller grasshopper patterns, maybe green colors, because the smaller hoppers tend to be green colored this time of year before they get a little bigger and and older they move into uh, their kind of brownish and yellow phases then. But right now it's it's a great time of year. My favorite time of year, actually, is hopper fishing for a trout. Yeah, it can be exciting, that's for sure. Well, yeah. before we let you go, your shop hours? Uh, we're open 6 to 6 every day, but Sunday we close at 5. 
and happy to help anybody out and put them on fish when they come through. All right. Well, Pat, thanks so much, and have a good uh, rest of the month. We'll talk to you again at sometime this summer or fall, I'm sure. Great. Thanks, Dan. Always a pleasure. You bet. Pat Hasberg, proprietor of DNS Bait Tackle and Fly Shop on North Port Drive in Madison. Again, his website, dsbait.com, and you can find his weekly fishing report every Friday morning, both on the website and on his Facebook page, DNS Bait. I'm Dan Small. More Outdoors Radio right after this. Pappas Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com. If you're ever in a motor vehicle accident, call Hupe and Abraham, named best personal injury law firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal, year after year. The firm of Hupe and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. In fact, they collect millions of dollars every month for hundreds of satisfied clients. Call the firm voted best and rated best, Hupe and Abraham, 800-800-5678, or visit Hupe. And all 11 offices of Hupe and Abraham in Wisconsin, Iowa, and Illinois are open for business. Well, joining me once again, this time from home in Wisconsin Rapids, is Jeff Kelm. Well, Jeff, you had another whirlwind weekend last week. Yeah, we had the uh, Bass Pro Shops Cabela's National Team Championship in uh, Mobridge, South Dakota. 257 registered teams out there. And 100-degree heat and 20-plus-mile-an-hour winds, it was great. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm glad. You you must be a bear for punishment. Now, that was the uh, walleye tournament, National. Yeah, tournament. it was. It's uh, it's the largest, uh, it's the most lucrative walleye tournament in the country. It costs only $300 for your entry fee, mm-hmm. and the winning team receives $114,995 in cash and prizes. That includes a... $25,000 check and a $89,000 boat and motor combo. Wow. So, yeah. how did it go? Wind, heat, must have been tough. Uh, it it was a tough fight. You know, part of it was because of the wind, the anglers couldn't make the longer runs they wanted to make, so a lot of them were left scrambling, um, you know, after finding some just magnificent fish during the week, they they, they just couldn't get to those spots. And so, um, we had a complete wind change from one day to the next. We had uh, strong 20-mile-plus winds from the south, which was making the south runs hard. And then it flipped over the next day, and it was coming from the north. So you can make the south run a little easier, but coming back, you were just beating yourselves up and breaking windshields, and all kinds of things uh, went wrong. We, I, 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 if I went up there, Dan, with, like, 15 trolling motors, I would have sold them all because wow. there's so many guys that had issues busting them off. Yeah. And it, it just, uh, it's a lot of issues. These guys are pushing hard. This is a big event for them. Um, these are anglers that qualified from all across the country in their local clubs, you know, so they fight it out amongst the local heavy sticks in their area. And then they come to this national event and they're fighting against the the biggest name, some of the biggest names in the industry, and some of these, you know, smaller uh, grassroots guys that this is, you know, they can barely afford the vacation to get here, but they are still some of the strongest fishermen in the country. So it's it's pretty incredible to to watch and to operate, um, but it, it's always a challenge, regardless if you've got weather or not. Yeah. So who won? So the winners were Dwayne Jelm and Tyson Keller. They're from Pierre, South Dakota, so not too far away. Uh, from uh, from where everything happened, right down to the bottom of the lake. They actually did make a couple of runs south. And I'll tell you what, Dan, they were on a program that was a little different than everybody else in the sense of uh, not necessarily what they were doing, but certainly location, location, location. They were one of the few teams that on a regular basis, uh, on each day, they were putting 20 to 30 overs in the boat every day. Wow. So overs, what I mean by that is over 20 inches. The yeah. teams can only weigh in to over 20, yeah. and you can't call in the state of South Dakota. Oh. So you can't replace those fish. So they've got to come at the right time to make the right decisions because once you decide you're keeping that fish, that's it for you. Mm. 
And so this was a team that caught multiple overs trying to figure it out, and uh, they managed to weigh, over the course of three days of fishing, nine fish, okay? Yeah. 58 pounds, nine <laughs> ounces. <laughs> they kept the right fish, I guess. They kept the right fish. They came at the right time. They weighed three fish day one, two fish day two. The two fish day two, Dan, 21 pounds, 15 ounces. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Yeah. They weighed the exact same weight with four fish on day three. So all told, they had a great day one, two. They had 14 pounds, 11 ounces on day one. They were in the hunt the whole time. Uh, but day uh, the final day, they showed up with that 21-pound bag, and it was great. 58 pounds, 9 ounces. The funny thing about Dwayne is uh, he won the national uh, walleye tour event just a couple of weeks ago over on the Bay of Green Bay. Hmm. And so he's having himself a heck of a 2022 season. Sounds like uh, that. I mean, he, he won, I think it's uh, about $116,000 in cash and prizes over there. And then he, between him and uh, Tyson, they won the $114,995 in cash and prizes as a winners and a $7,000 Ranger Cup bonus. Wow. <laughs> Great. And then you came <laughs> home, No. And then, no, we ran a, a big bass event over on Big Stone Lake. We actually go over there for a walleye event every year, but we decided to run a, a big bass event over there. And this is why, Dan, the top three spots, this is, we're talking South Dakota, Minnesota border, northern northern part of the country here, folks, largemouth bass, mm-hmm. the top three spots, 6'11", mm. 6'9", and 6'6", six, six for the top three bass. Nice. Yeah. That's what Big Stone has to offer right now. So we went over there, ran a big bass event. Then we came home, and I'm just, I'm, I'm spent, Dan. Yeah, and no tournament this weekend. That's uh, no tournament this weekend. No. Wow. All right. Well, gosh, uh, last week when I was um, over in the Fond du Lac area, uh, Lauren Voss and I got out on Lake Winnebago for perch, and we kept enough for a couple of fish fries. Had fun doing it. I wrote a story that I hope uh, will appear in the Outdoor News. We stopped at Riverhouse Bait and Tackle there on uh, uh, on Brook Street in Fond du Lac, and Don Skog gave us the lowdown on what we ought to use, where we ought to go, and it paid off. So that was, uh, that was a lot of fun. Well, coming up, Rough Grouse Society's new regional engagement coordinator for Wisconsin and the Western UP, Gabe Stone invites listeners to this year's Grouse Camp at Trees for Tomorrow in Eagle River. Huntworth Pro Staffer Bernie Berenger offers advice for bow hunting on public land. And Eric Prince, Director of Economic Development for Florence County, Wisconsin, invites listeners to explore Florence County for summer fun and adventure. All that and more straight ahead on Outdoors Radio. Napa's Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Here's a message from our friends at Remy Battery in Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. We at Remy Battery Company want to thank all of our customers and friends we have made over the past 90-plus years and your continued support of our local, family-owned company. Stop in and see the expertise of over nine decades of battery knowledge and customer service. Let us take care of the batteries for all of your needs, from power tools to sump pumps and ATVs to hunting decoys, even down to the smallest hearing aids. Big and small, we have them all. Stop in for a free battery and electrical check before you hit the road, trails, or waters. Don't forget to ask your sales representatives about volume pricing. Call Remy at 414-384-0340 or visit online at remybattery.com for all your battery and battery accessory needs. 
Castle Rock and Petenwell are two of Wisconsin's largest inland lakes. With more than 60 square miles of water, they offer four seasons of outdoor fun. Halfway between the Twin Cities and Chicago, and just minutes from Wisconsin Rapids and the Dells, you'll enjoy family-friendly resorts and campgrounds, great fishing, bike trails, county, state, and national parks, and the Nesita National Wildlife Refuge. Learn more at castlerock-petenwell.com or on Facebook at Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association. Get outside and let us be your guide. Lawrence County, Wisconsin. Are you looking for a safe Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 miles of wooded ATV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to hike to, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to the ExploreFlorenceCounty.com lodging, dining, and recreation tabs to plan your trip. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. Florence County, Wisconsin invites you to explore thousands of acres of county, state, and national forest lands, plus wild rivers, ATV, UTV trails, and much more. You can learn all about what you can do up in Florence County at exploreflorencecounty.com. And joining us now is the Director of Florence County Economic Development, Eric Prince. Eric, welcome back. Hey, thanks, Dan. Boy, that month went fast, I'll tell you what. Yeah, well, you've been on the job a month now, and uh, it went fast, but how's it going other than fast? You know, i got to tell you, everything's been great. People I've been meeting all across the state, people locally here. I love working here at the courthouse with the people from Florence here, and I couldn't have asked for a better change. Wonderful. So what's going on up there? Obviously, it's summer fun time. You've got rivers and trails and fishing and lots of activities, but what are some highlights of what people can do up there? As a matter of fact, I had my brother and my godson were here from Boston last weekend, and we ended up renting a UTV. I hadn't been out to too many of the trails, and we rented a UTV from our friends at Journey North, and it was a blast. We were out there for probably five and a half, six hours. And I was really actually surprised. The, the trails are fantastic. The weather was outstanding. You know, we went to lunch and then we went to one of the waterfalls that we had ne- never seen. That was a lot of fun. And then the next day, we actually took my godson tubing. He had never been tubing before. And we went to the Oxbow. And that was great. The weather, again, was great. I pr- probably should have wore more uh, sunscreen. But uh-huh. it, overall, it was great. There's a lot to do out here. There's so many people that are out fishing right now, really enjoying all the water sports. And get out and it's nice to see all the UTVs and ATVs bombing around and, and stopping in at, you know, Cavanaugh Central and just enjoying some food, getting out, just enjoying being outside. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's really nice. Well, you mentioned fishing, and most people will hear this on Saturday, August 13th, and the Long Lake Fishing Derby is going on t- today, if that's the day you're hearing it. But there are other activities uh, going on later this summer, right? Yeah, we have a few things that are slated. The UP Garden tractor pulls are still going on they go on every few weekends we still in august we have one coming up on this saturday at three o'clock in aurora august 13th and then the next one will be august 26th which is actually a friday Uh we have those we have those happening and then um one of the biggies is coming up on august 26th and 28th that's the 118th 118th florence county fair Go to the website. I actually just updated it with the information I got from Jessica. She's got some great stuff lined up. There's all sorts of kids' activities. There's a number of different bands, karaoke contest, and new for 2022, they're doing a pony slash horse pull. So that should be a lot of fun. Um, but there's a lot more activities. Things are going really well. Get that already. Go to the website that you gave at the beginning, exploreflorencecounty.com. Go to events, and you can see everything that we have going on. And I'm already putting things out there for September, October, and all the way into Christmas. So keep an eye on that, the events page, and you can always email me. Um, I'm always open to conversation, and if people are looking for things to do, I can point you in the right direction. All right. Well, you mentioned the garden tractor pulls. I think a lot of rural people, anyway, are familiar with 
tractor pulls with big souped up, not necessarily your grandpa's farm tractor, but now this is with garden tractors. How do they, what do they do? <laughs> you know what? I haven't been to one of these yet, but I can't wait. I, I will be going to one of them before the end of the end of the season here, but I am going to one of them and I'll be able to talk much better about it. I, I can only imagine like my tractor all souped up. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited about seeing it. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah, well, I did take a quick look at the website, and there are different classes. So there's a stock class. So I suppose I could use my John Deere um, lawn tractor for starters, but then they have the, uh, I don't know what they call them, the, the, the heavy-duty, uh, souped-up, uh, modified stock, that kind of thing. It sounds like uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, it, it certainly looks like a lot of fun, and if you look at the picture on the website, it's I don't know that I could sit on that thing. That thing would probably <laughs> pop a wheelie and fall off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's so much going on, and you know, get out there, enjoy the beautiful weather that we're having, especially over the next few weeks, because before you know it, the snow is going to be flying, and we're going to be talking about getting on snowmobiles. Yeah, we will talk a lot about that, but we're going to hold off on that conversation yeah. for a while, for sure. Amen. So, what are you hearing about the fishing? Uh, what people are catching, and, and how big, and so on. I've never really had a bad day on a couple of places that I go up here. And, I, you know, I always, whether it be panfish or walleye, there's a lot of great places, a lot of great lakes that you can fish up here. Yep. I have only fished in Florence County one time, I think, and that was a couple of years ago. We were up there to tape a bear hunt, and we did some fishing um, after the bear hunt was over. And caught uh, northerns and bass we were targeting muskies but that didn't happen uh, we, we had a rainstorm come and chase us off the i think we were on the paint flowage does that sound like the right name yeah as a matter of fact uh the paint connects up with the brule river yep my family we all had houses out on brule dam road i used to fish the brule and the paint all the time that's where we'd catch a lot of walleye yep i had a buddy of mine that what did he say he caught 41 muskie one year Ooh. one season wow yeah but it's been a long time since I've been on the rule. Um, but it it was always I always had my favorite spots there. I know that uh, it may have changed over the years, but um, the the paint is beautiful. The pool is fantastic. If you don't have a boat and you want to walk, you can go to the dam. They have a fishing area actually down there that they built where you can go down and it's a blast for. I brought my godson down there and caught a couple of small bluegills. But there's a few different places. You can actually flip a spoon or something at the bottom of the dam, too. I've seen muskie and northern in there. So lots of lots of options, whether you're in a boat or not. Yeah, it sounds like it. Well, Eric, uh, now that you got your feet on the ground, so to speak, you got to get out of the office and do a little more fishing here before the snow flies and uh, explore some of those rivers and lakes that you fished as a kid. Absolutely. I, I can't wait. But right now, you know, this first month in, there's just a lot of things going on, and I, I want to make sure that uh, really make things move forward. So lots happening. But very excited, very excited. All, all great stuff. Good. Well, we're going to let you go here, but we will talk to you again next month and see how the fall color situation looks and maybe talk about hunting because hunting seasons are coming up in September and looking ahead yeah. to all the fall and winter activities. Absolutely looking forward to it. Really appreciate it, Dan. You bet. Thank you so much, and we'll be in touch. All right. Eric Prince is the Director of Florence County Economic Development. You can learn more at exploreflorencecounty.com. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Listen to more Outdoors Radio online at dansmalloutdoors.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. The Rough Grouse and American Woodcock Societies are celebrating 60 years of habitat improvement for grouse, woodcock, and other young forest wildlife. You can learn more at roughgrousesociety.com. Org. And joining us now is a new voice representing RGS and AWS, Gabe Stone. Gabe is the Regional Engagement Coordinator for Wisconsin and the Western UP of Michigan, and he joins us from Antigo, Wisconsin. Gabe, thanks for joining us, and welcome to the Outdoors Radio Network. Thanks for having me. 
me, Dan. I uh, appreciate being here. Now, you are a Michigander, if that's the appropriate term, but you are familiar with the UP. That's part of your area of responsibility, and you're learning a lot about Wisconsin, I understand. You got that right, yeah. I was born and raised in southeast Michigan the last two falls. I spent uh, my time in the UP, dabbled over into northeastern Wisconsin a little bit, living out of my bird van, chasing grouse and woodcock. Having a great time, and it's a pleasure to be in Wisconsin now. Bird van. Now, that's uh, a dedicated hunter, I guess, if he's got a vehicle he calls a bird van. Yeah, it's no longer with me, sadly. But from about September to Christmas and then a little bit after the holiday, that's what I called home. And my last name's Stone, and a lot of folks called it my Rolling Stone bird van. Yeah, I was... That was a great opportunity, man. I I have a lot of great memories to to chalk up out of that vehicle. Well, I hope you got some photos of it, too. Yeah, I do. I got some real good ones, actually. Uh, You know, ball color. It's gorgeous. uh Great. A, A number of years ago, my good friend and former editor Tom Petrie published something in the old Wisconsin Sportsman magazine about hunting cars back in the day when we drove beater station wagons, and then they morphed into Jeeps and Eventually, the SUV, and and for some people who actually live out of them, the van, because that's really handier, I guess. Anyway, that's a a side issue for what we're talking about. Uh, (laughs) Regional Engagement Coordinator, what the heck is that? What's your job entail? So it's actually a new position that uh, RGS AWS launched. So I'm replacing the Regional Director position. And we're really focusing on having a deeper, more engaged presence with our audience throughout the year. So I host events. I work directly with chapters when they're putting together banquets, shoots, birds and brews. I'm really trying to expand into more dog training, maybe some summer fishing events, and just really have RGS as a presence throughout our communities here in Wisconsin and Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Primarily focusing directly with the chapters, our members, recruiting folks. would love to reach out and, and have been to other conservation organizations here that, you know, really our missions align in so many different ways, getting people outside, being able to experience nature, and, and having that as a part of our life. So I am just tickled pink to have this opportunity to be working with RGS nationally, but especially here in Wisconsin and the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and being able to fill that role. Yeah, and you mentioned the regional director, and folks who are familiar with RGS may remember Dave Johnson, Swede we called him, who was for many years the regional director. So I guess your new position encompasses his responsibilities, right? Yep, I'm replacing Dave. And funny story, not to go down a a tangent here, but Dave now has a Ford Transit van similar to the one that I had, And he's in Montana right now working out of a fly lodge, doing some guiding out there, working in a fly shop. So it's funny. He kind of went full-spectrum life cycle, and the the van is kind of what connected us there. But, yeah, Sweet is a great guy. Um, He's been very helpful with me and connecting me with some folks here in in Wisconsin. But, yep, that is me. That's the new position. All right. Well, welcome to the new job. You've been at it for several months now. And the main event that we want to talk about here is something called Grouse Camp. It's the annual event. Now it's been going on, I don't know, four or five years. I went several years ago. In Wisconsin, it's held in the Eagle River area. Coming up in September the 23rd through the 25th, tell us about it. I am really excited for Grouse Camp this year, Dan. It's a three-day event. It kicks off on Friday evening and goes through noon on Sunday. And what it is, it's a great opportunity to get people, one, introduced to upland hunting, the lifestyle, some of you know the traditions, of course, the camaraderie that comes along with it, in a mentored space. So Saturday, we have a bunch of different RGS, AWS members coming out, helping hands, and we'll actually be taking folks out into the field, or, or the, the forest, I should say, and mentoring them through grouse hunting and woodcock hunting. The cool thing there is the 24th, which is Saturday, is actually the opening day of woodcock season. But it's going to be a great event. We're spicing it up a little bit this year. Friday night, we're going to have a whole hog pig roast. I don't want to give too much details away, but one of our chapters in Chippewa Falls has partnered with a distillery there and 
has created an old rough rye whiskey. We're going to be doing whiskey tasting, but the main thing is, is taking folks out into the field in a nice, comfortable setting with experienced rough grouse, woodcock hunters, dog handlers, and really being able to show them the ropes. In addition to that, on Saturday morning, about 9 to noon, as well as Sunday, about 9 to noon, we're going to be having all sorts of demonstrations and seminars, digital mapping, intro to hunting over dogs, bird habits, bird biology, forest cover, what makes up good habitat, gear selections, you know, make sure you have the right clothing when you're out in the field, gun selection, cell selection. It's really going to be an awesome event. It is, uh, and, and it sounds like just about the same thing I attended several years ago. We did a segment for my TV show, Outdoor Wisconsin, which some listeners may remember seeing. It aired, oh gosh, I don't know, 2019, 2020, somewhere in there. And so this is um, two and a half days, or Friday night through Sunday, and how does one get involved, and is there a fee, and so on? If you head on over to roughgrousesociety.org, there's two ways you can find it. You can head to the Upland store, and there'll be an option to register there. Or you can go on our events calendar page and scroll down to September the 23rd through the 25th and find it there. So we're really trying to do our best to keep this accessible to folks. And we're including all meals throughout the time, etc. There is a cost. It's $200 for existing RGS and AWS members. But there's a great opportunity if you're not a member to join our organization as a member and be able to get your membership, annual membership, as well as an event ticket. And the the cost for that is $235. You can register right online. And if you have any questions further about the event or anything, you can find my contact information on the Western Great Lakes regional page on roughgrousesociety.org and reach out to me directly from there. All right, and you mentioned this is for novice hunters. How about experienced grouse hunters? Are they welcome as well? Absolutely. We're really trying to to tailor the event towards folks that haven't had the opportunity before, maybe coming from out of state, haven't had the opportunity to pursue grouse or woodcock, or quite frankly, you know, these are difficult game birds. Yeah. Um, just haven't had the luck and, and maybe need some extra tips and tricks and, and all that. Or maybe just want to, you know, connect deeper within the community, you know, upland hunters and especially rough grouse society and American Woodcock Society members. But we are encouraging folks that are already seasoned hunters to come out. We will have huntsmen, volunteer, mentor, guides taking folks out. And I still have a couple opportunities for folks there if they're interested if they have good dogs and and feel comfortable taking people out they can also reach out to me if we still have some spots available for that but anybody that wants to come out is absolutely welcome it's going to be great camaraderie you know having more people there that are seasoned and can show folks the ropes the better wonderful well before we let you go one last personal question here gabe uh, you're from yeah. Michigan. Your responsibilities include the UP and all of Wisconsin. The, the Green Bay Packers are going to be playing the Lions in November. I just checked the schedule. They're not playing them that weekend. But uh, who are you going to root for in a Packers-Lions uh, game? Oh, man, you're putting me right on the spot here. One of my good, good hunting buddies from Michigan has also just relocated here to Wisconsin. And I tell you what, he's smack dab right in the middle of Green Bay. So... I, I think I'm switching over, especially the, especially the Western UP. I think they prefer the Wisconsin side of things anyway. So, yep, it's gonna, I'm going to be a Packers guy now. All Let right. You, yeah. <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most of the Upers, yeah. most of the Upers I know are Packers fans because uh, they're a lot closer to Green Bay. Yep. Anyway, well, it sounds like a great event, especially that Friday night pig roast and more. I hope a lot of folks sign up for it, and I appreciate you coming on and talking about it, and wish you luck with all with this event and all your events this year, and uh, we hope to talk to you again. Yeah, I really appreciate that, Dan. Thanks for um, making some time for me. And also, folks, we have all sorts of other events going on this fall on that roughgrousesociety.org page. You can see all sorts of different events, banquets, shoots that we have coming up this fall as well.
All right. We will be talking about those in the weeks ahead. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Dan. Gabe Stone, he's the Regional Engagement Coordinator for Wisconsin and the Western UP of Michigan and maybe the latest new Packers fan. And this was brought to you by the Rough Grouse and American Woodcock Society. 60 years of habitat improvement for grouse, woodcock, and other young forest wildlife. Learn more and sign up for this great grouse camp event at roughgrousesociety.org. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Since our inception, Huntworth has worked relentlessly to incorporate innovative technologies and forward-thinking design into affordable camouflage apparel. Our gear, designed with the disruption camo pattern, utilizes computer-generated graphics featuring a high level of random and abstract visual noise to help you remain undetected in the environment. So whether you need the latest in hunting gear technology or clothing that just simply fits your lifestyle, Huntworth Gear is what you're looking for. HuntworthGear.com. That's HuntworthGear.com. Get outside and let us be your guide. Lawrence County, Wisconsin. Are you looking for a safe Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 miles of wooded ATV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to hike to, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to the ExploreFlorenceCounty.com lodging, dining, and recreation tabs to plan your trip. Castle Rock and Petenwell are two of Wisconsin's largest inland lakes. With more than 60 square miles of water, they offer four seasons of outdoor fun. Halfway between the Twin Cities and Chicago, and just minutes from Wisconsin Rapids and the Dells, you'll enjoy family-friendly resorts and campgrounds, great fishing, bike trails, county, state, and national parks, and the Nesita National Wildlife Refuge. Learn more at castlerock-petenwell.com or on Facebook at Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the ruffed grouse and American woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Ruffed Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN. RGS. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. Huntworth Gear is high-tech camel wear at a price you can afford. It's available at Mills Fleet Farm and other stores and online where you see a complete selection at huntworthgear.com. And joining us now from Brainerd, Minnesota, is Huntward Pro Staffer Bernie Berenger. His website is BucksBullsBears.com, and his YouTube channel, where he posts exciting videos quite regularly, is Bowhunting Road. Well, Bernie, thanks for joining us, and welcome back to our Outdoors Radio Network. Thanks. Always good to talk to you, Dan. You've got lots of interesting hunts that you do, and I understand you've got some plan for this year. You're going to be pretty busy. I'm going to be really busy starting here in about a week as bear baiting season opens here in Minnesota on the 12th, and I've got hunters coming in. I guide bear hunters in Minnesota, and then I'm also going to be bear hunting in Minnesota myself. And the end of September, I'm going to Maine for a combination moose hunt and bear hunt. And uh, then I drew Iowa and Kansas bow tags this year, so it's going to be a very pretty busy year for the right through the rut. And you are often quite successful. I imagine you fill your freezer every fall, don't you? Yes, I do like my wild game meat. I think we all do. And some of us work harder. I shouldn't say you don't work hard, but, I mean, for some of us it's a little harder to come by. Um, you know, we had, I don't know how many deer. I think we got three last year, and that was enough for our two families. But 
our freezer's running running bare now, so time to get out there. You hunt both on public and private land, and there's a difference, obviously. On private land, you know you're the only one, or you know who else is hunting there. But what happens when you are out there enjoying a hunt or, or planning a hunt on public land? You know, I think people make a couple of mistakes when they're hunting public land, and I, I've hunted public land I, for whitetails in probably at least a dozen states, and I also hunt a lot of public land for bears that primarily state forests and things like that. But when I first started hunting public land, I made a lot of the common errors that a lot of people make, and one of those is, is just not paying attention to where other people are hunting. It's You almost have to pattern the deer and pattern the other hunters, and you know, you look for tracks and and just kind of pay attention to where other people are hunting and look for the sign and try to avoid the areas that get hunted a lot because a deer pattern of the hunters too. And if you're going to find the uh, more mature deer who have lived on large blocks of public land for periods of time, they pretty much know how the, the property gets hunted. And so you have to pay good attention to not only what the deer are doing, but also what the other hunters are doing. I think the biggest mistake that I made when I first started hunting public land was I would go and I would find a spot with all kinds of sign and I just couldn't wait to get a stand up. So I put a tree stand up and start hunting. But that can really be a mistake because it's better to really know the property more thoroughly before you actually put up a stand. If I go to Missouri or Kansas or Iowa to hunt a new piece of property, a lot of times I won't even put up a stand the first day. I just spend the entire day scouting. I might be glassing from the roadways in the morning and evening. I might be walking, looking for bedding areas and so forth. And then once I really learn the property, then it's time to hunt. Now, when you're walking on land that you haven't hunted and it's public land you're leaving scent unless you're being very careful or at least your presence you know you're visible there even with camouflage on how do you balance that boy uh on private land you know uh my son is managing our land up in northern wisconsin and uh he doesn't want anybody on that until it's hunting time but of course he knows kind of where the deer have been and he's got cameras up well how do you how do you balance that issue uh, in, uh, when you're hunting public land? You know, you can't completely eliminate your scent or the sign that you were there. I use scent killer sprays and everything to try to minimize my human odor and the intrusion and so forth, but the bottom line is you just have to hunt a lot more aggressively on public land. You, you have to go find the bedding areas, and you know, if you own a piece of property or lease a property, you know kind of where the deer bed and and you kind of know that property, but with public land, you just have to be a lot more aggressive, and you got to walk right through them. In fact, one time I killed a deer by walking into a bedding area. I spooked a buck. I put up a tree stand, and I killed the buck two hours later when he came sneaking back in. That's the type of thing you would never do on private land, but some of that odd, odd, you know, offbeat stuff works on public. Wow. Most public lands have at least uh, a couple of access points um, you know do you try to find the access point that is least accessible so to speak you know come in from the backside yeah sometimes that's a good idea other times the strategy is just to go places where other people won't go and that typically means cross a barrier maybe a way to creek maybe you'll just go deeper than most people are willing to walk into a large piece of public land but a lot of times the deer will use the edges of public land and, and people ignore the edges sometimes the deer are bedding just on the public land and going across a fence and feeding in a cornfield or soybeans or something like that and so there's just a lot of ways to look at it you really just have to analyze each situation separately it sounds like there's no cookie cutter approach to make this work you learn something new every time you go to a new place all right well, you've got some videos that you post on your YouTube channel, Bow Hunting Road. What are you going to be posting this fall? Uh, mostly bear stuff early, I suppose, huh? Yeah, well, we're starting bear stuff right now. I just put up the first vlog. It starts out as about a weekly vlog, and then uh, I start posting even more regular. People in, really enjoy following along with the bear hunts, and seeing the baiting, and I put trail camera pictures and videos, of course, of bears on the baits and the hunters that I'll have in camp. It's really engaging. It gets a lot of views. 
And then, of course, I'll be doing the filming of this bear and moose hunt in Maine. And I'm pretty excited about this, a lifelong dream for me, the, the moose hunt in particular. I've hunted bears in Maine two other times, but it takes about 20 years to draw a tag for moose. But if you hunt on Native American land and use a Native American guide, then you can buy a tag from the tribe and hunt immediately. And I've bear hunted in Maine a couple of times, but this moose hunt has been a lifelong dream of mine. And I've got a friend out there who's a Native American guide. He's really ambitious and works hard, and he's been trying to convince me to come and do this moose hunt. And so I pulled the trigger on it. I'm 63 years old. I just decided it's time to start doing some of this stuff that I've been dreaming about my whole life. Yeah, well, a lot of what you do is stuff that uh, many people dream about, but th that's great. And uh, when you come back from that hunt, we'll have to talk to you again and see how how it went. Yeah, hopefully I'll have all kinds of stories about the big moose I shot. Uh, and, and I hope it's not about the one that got away. I know how those stories go, too. <laughs> well, the nice, the interesting thing about this hunt is when you get this tag, you can use any weapon. And so I'm planning to bow hunt, but the guide will be carrying a firearm. And if it kind of comes down to the wire, I can just take his gun and make sure that I take a moose home with me, even if it turns out that it's too difficult to be with a bow. Yeah, well, it's good to have that second option. You and I are both Huntworth pro staffers, and I know you have some preferences when it comes to choosing among their patterns. What do you use for bear hunting, for example? Well, I like to use a tarnin pattern for bear hunting because it's got a lot of green in it, and it's also got some vertical lines in it and so forth. And I'm typically hunting, you know, bears in the earlier season, so there's more leaves on the trees, or if you're hunting in pines or spruce trees then you know you want a little bit more vertical and green to it so it's really really effective for that early season hunting that's what i'll be taking for both the bear and the moose hunt in maine but then uh, when it comes time to getting a tree for the rut in kansas and iowa this year then i'm going to switch to that disruption pattern i really like that pattern for that later fall hunting and all of their gear is really high quality gear for really less than you would expect to pay compared to some of the other high-end camouflage clothing companies and i love their layering system you know for example a moose on you get up in the morning and it's fairly cold out but then you get walking through a swamp and you're going to want to take a layer off same way with hunting out of a tree stand where it might be fairly warm during the day but then as evening comes on you want to pull something on as it cools off and they have just a terrific layering system that's i think as good as any camouflage company and even some of the clothing companies that cost twice as much it's really good quality clothing for a bargain price it certainly is and that's why we use it as well well bernie thank you so much for talking about your upcoming hunts and offering advice for hunters seeking to maybe put an arrow in a buck on public land this year and we will send folks to your website and your youtube channel and good luck on your hunts and we'll catch up with you later this fall I appreciate that. I look forward to telling you hopefully some success stories later on. Yeah, that sounds good. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Bernie Berenger from Brainerd, Minnesota, Huntworth Pro Staffer. His website is BucksBullsBears.com. You can sign up for his regular messages and find out what he's up to. And his YouTube channel is Bowhunting Road. This is brought to you by Huntworth Gear, high-tech camel wear at a price you can afford. Available at Mills Fleet Farm and online at HuntworthGear.com. I'm Dan Small, more Outdoors Radio, right after this. Since our inception, Huntworth has worked relentlessly to incorporate innovative technologies and forward-thinking design into affordable camouflage apparel. Our gear, designed with the Disruption Camo Pattern, utilizes computer-generated graphics featuring a high level of random and abstract visual noise to help you remain undetected in the environment. So whether you need the latest in hunting gear technology or clothing that just simply fits your lifestyle, Huntworth Gear is what you're looking for. HuntworthGear.com. That's HuntworthGear.com. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the Ruffed Grouse and American Woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Ruffed Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN-RGS. 
Pappas Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com. The Midwest's largest fishing website, lake-link.com, is your online fishing resource. 90% of Lake Link's features are yours to use free of charge. And members get access to Lake Link's online lake map library, lets you get GPS coordinates of any spot on the lake, and export waypoints to your onboard electronics. Members also get free outdoor classified ads, discounts on online store merchandise, and a whole lot more. You can also listen to Outdoors Radio 24-7 on Lake Link. Listen to this week's show... Catch any of our past shows, subscribe to our podcast, or even sign up for our weekly e-newsletter so you'll know in advance what's coming up right here. Just type in the keyword radio. See what you've been missing. Log on to lake-link.com today. That's lake-link.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Jeff Kelm. We're brought to you by Cedar Lake Sales on Highway 33 West in West Bend on the web at cedarlakesales.com. they got great deals on uh, new and used boats if you're looking to uh, to get into that yet before the end of summer, including up to $3,000 off new Crest Liners until August 29th and special pricing on pontoons as well. Check out their website and Facebook page for details. We're also brought to you by Castle Rock and Pete and Well Lakes Association, 60 square miles of fun on the water, CastleRock-PeatonWell.com and by Huntworth Gear, high-tech camo wear at a price you can afford. HuntworthGear.com And our TV show, Outdoor Wisconsin. If it's not airing in your area or if you missed it, you can always watch past episodes on MilwaukeePBS.org and the Deer Hunt Wisconsin show, last several years worth of shows, are available on our Deer Hunt Wisconsin YouTube channel. This radio show is online all the time for you to take with you. You can go to lake-link.com, go to the outdoor radio page, download this show and past shows, and uh, listen to us at your leisure. You can follow Dan on social media throughout the week at Dan Small Outdoors. Follow me at Hardwater Jeff. And I've been talking about the Ballard's Black Island Resort two-for-one deal all summer. Go to their website, Ballard's. No, actually, it's blackisland.com. That's Ballard's Black Island Resort, two for one this summer only, so check it out and tell them where you heard it, too. Becoming an Outdoors Woman has a number of programs going on in late August and September. You can find out more by searching Becoming an Outdoors Woman, Wisconsin. And the DNR reminds us that bonus antlerless deer tags go on sale starting Monday, August 15th at 10 a.m. The North and Central Forest Zone tags go on sale first, and then uh, Central Farmland and Southern Farmland the next two days, and then all zones on the 18th. So check it out. Chance to get those extra tags if you're hunting areas where you don't get the multiple bonus free tags uh, that you get in the southern and central uh, farmland areas. Well, our theme music is by Warren Nelson. You can hear more of his tunes at warrennelson.com. I'm Dan Small here with Jeff Kelm, getting some rest this weekend. Well, you folks get outside and be sure to join us again next week for Outdoors Radio. Just that needle bell down. Let's get to the perfect speed. Oh, how I love leaving the shore behind. When the cool night swallows the moose's nose and the heron is fishing on one cold leg. When the loon cries lover in the blue north wind I'll be trolling home to you When my wrist gets a little chilly On the gunnel 
When my lazy Ike is just too lazy to lure When the worms go dry In the coffee can, honey I'll be true 